You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Enemy of My Enemy. This is part two, if you didn't hear part one, where we got to talk without any interruption at all about our feelings about the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus takeover. Um, and so we we kind of delivered a, what would be the equivalent of opening statements, but really I just wanted everybody to give their general overview, how they felt about the whole thing, because uh, that's all these are, feelings. What happened happened, and now uh, we're going forward. They succeed. They succeed, they fail, they fail. It's all on them. I think they like it that way. I'm glad that they like it that way. Um, because I think as much as we're going to debate about it in this episode, it's kind of going to prove itself right or wrong. Anyhow, I've got Lou, I've got Brian, I've got Sam, i got Jacob. And if you have any questions and you are watching, watching live, please hit me up with the questions. Please keep them as civil as possible. Remember that everyone here is a friend of mine. It's okay to have very serious disagreements with them. I have very serious disagreements with them as well. But we get nowhere by saying, oh, my side won, my side lost. I'm not talking to that side. I'm not that talking to that side. In my opinion, that's kind of how we got here to begin with and why there is no cohesion at all. And so that's, uh, that's where we're at. So please uh, let us know. I do have a great question here that I want to circle the table with. This was from Helen. This was the first question we got, and it was so good. I remembered it the entire time. And it was, how do you keep people, how are you all going to keep from being sore winners slash sore losers? Um, I'll go ahead and start with the question, since I've had the most time to ponder this one. Um, I think I'm going, for me personally, I accept the loss and I move on. I think for me, it's what was what I wanted and what I was gifted at doing was not welcome and it was not successful. And so I said, you know what? Instead of just saying, screw it, because I don't believe in it, I like what I do. I like the work that I do. And here's the other thing. I say it's not successful. I specifically mean that it wasn't successful in a libertarian sphere, in a libertarian political party sphere. Because what we did here in South Weber with going against the police and fighting to get the homeless folks clothed, get their tents back up, it made a big difference to them. That's not a failure, right? That's a different kind of success. Did I have success when I show up to the state conventions when I try to get X number of votes? No, I didn't. I'm not good at it, flatly. I'll admit, I'm not very good at the political sides of stuff. I've tried before. You know, I thought that that was the way to go, especially with my Republican history. And it turns out I had quite a few advantages when I was working as a Republican strategist that you don't quite get when you're a libertarian strategist, right? So I kind of walked in thinking, oh, I'm a hot shot. This is going to be great. And it didn't work out well at all. Now, here's the thing. I can whine and cry. And there's a lot of people who I got to say, they've chosen to make their entire identity about being against the LPMC. And I just don't see that as an identity. You don't identify with stuff that you hate. You identify with stuff that you love. You know, and I think that that is how the success comes. It's okay to say something bad about it. In fact, I think that it makes your criticism all the more stinging 
when you have a full identity and you're like, oh, by the way, I don't like this too, right? Versus I'm the guy who hates everything and look who's on my show this week who I also hate. It's like, well, yeah, we know where you stand. We know you hate it. You hated it before the TV. It's like that guy who hates the movie before the movie's even on because they know they hate the director. Like you could be right, right? But it, like at least let it go, you know, let it do its own thing. So for me personally to be stop being a sore loser, I wish them well. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do what works. Now, at the Libertarian Party, I don't want to mislead anybody. If the Libertarian Party suddenly becomes a successful vehicle for my type of services, I would come back. But I kind of am, am having so much success outside of it that I don't want to come back. For me, it wasn't working before. It really wouldn't work now. And I don't think, and even when it's working, ideally, that that's really where I'm the most gifted at. Like for me personally, what I am good at is successful at a local level. I have a tough time changing the culture of a whole nation. I do all right with changing the culture of my block, of my street, you know, of like the cops in my neighborhood and, and getting that reformed and things like that. And that's something that to me, I have more success with. So for me, for me, that is how I keep from being a sore loser. I don't hate them. It's just that's where I'm at. Uh, let's let's turn it over to Brian. How do you keep from being a sore loser slash winner? Uh, there's lots of ways. Uh, number one, realize that you will lose. Um, not saying this in general, like the Mises Caucus is going to fail. Everyone that goes into any sort of agreement business, you, you can take that mental victory lap. But I, I work in networks. And whenever I hear of another network going down because of something stupid i don't sit there and go ha, 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 see those guys are idiots ah. no because it's going to happen to you guaranteed you are going to lose something now maybe overall the mises caucus will do the things that i've heard promised on here but you will lose and when that happens maybe 30 years ago you could get away with it and be able to go, well, you know, we said some terrible things, but, you know, hey, kumbaya, let's all hug it out and stuff like that. The Internet has a long memory and there's a lot of podcasts and there's a lot of AI and there's a lot of quotes that can be dragged out. And I've seen them in the comments over here going nuts tonight of terrible things that have been said. So if you don't want to be on the receiving end of that when you do lose, because I got news for you, caucuses lose. Groups lose. It happens. Don't be surprised if it's handed back to you in spades. So just reality. Brian avoids being a sore loser by being grounded. It <laughs> just says it happens. Sam, as one of the W's, as one of the winners here, how do you keep from being a poor winner? Um, oh, I got to turn this off. One second. He avoids it by being rich. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. How, how do I avoid having a bad attitude as a winner? Um, it is still on. Let me turn this down. Perfect. Death metal. Um, you know. <laughs> um, it, it, <laughs> no, it's it's the YouTube show, and so I don't want it echoing in here. Uh -huh. But uh, uh, how to avoid being a, a sore winner? I mean, I guess it's just staying focused on the whole point of what we're doing. Like we're not here to run in circles and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah we won. Um, we're, we're here to, you know, take on the state. I think it, uh, that's kind of my, my simple take on that. What do you got, uh, next person? Oh, all right. 
Sam, quick and clean. Uh, Lou, how do you keep from being a sore loser? Because I'm not a loser. This just isn't my team anymore. I've left. I've moved on. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, all right. I didn't lose because wasn't my my guys. Okay. Uh, Jacob, how do you keep from being a poor winner? Um, well, I think uh, the only thing I know to do is just to can try to keep doing what uh, I've been doing. And if, if anything, try to double down on uh, putting the work in and, and not, you know, I mean, I, I think some people, it's just inevitable, right? They get to the end zone. They're going to spike the touchdown and they're going to do the celebratory touchdown dance and all that. And it, it is what it is. It's not, not my thing. Um, you know, I think the best thing to do is to try to, I mean, all I can do is try to lead by example. Um, and, and, you know, like I said in my, uh, my opening thing, like, you know, the LP sinks or swims now by us. I mean, you know, we didn't just like win by a slim margin. Like we, we, we swept and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that more to put the pressure on us to say, you know what, like we asked for this, we got it. Now we're either going to succeed. And I genuinely believe that, if we succeed, that everyone here, including the people in uh, the comment section, some of whom, you know, aren't big fans of me, you know, if we succeed in bringing more liberty to the country, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to <laughs> be complaining. But if we fail, well, then we fail. And, you know, then whatever setbacks happens, uh, you know, happen, we have to own those. So, you know, the way to not be a sore uh, or, or, or a, you know, sore loser or, or winner, whatever it is, um, is to, you know, this wasn't, here's the thing, like, this wasn't, we're, we're not at mission accomplished yet. Like, this is not what the Mises Caucus was created to do. It was not created to take over the LP, mission accomplished, done. No, it was always to take over the LP because we want to use the LP, turn it into a force to take on the omnipotent cult of the state to bring more liberty to our country. And hopefully that, that, that it, that results in more liberty worldwide. So, you know, to me, it's like, I don't even have that attitude of like, I mean, I, I won't get, I'll be honest. There's a little bit of me. That's like, yes, that, that, that we, we worked really hard to get to this point and sort of like step one has been achieved and that does feel good, but we got to keep our eyes on the prize. And so, uh, that's what my focus is on, and that's what I'm encouraging others to do is to remember that this is not what it is about. We have a uh, a higher call, a greater mission, and we have to now take all that energy that we put into this project and put it onto the next project. Brian, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I just have a question for both Sam and Jacob on this one. So let's, let's talk about the planks that were removed. I'm not going to go into them in detail, but... My question is this, if you're trying to reach out to grow the party, uh, which you've said both left and right wing that they're, they both exist in the MC and that you have disagreements and things like that. If you are legitimately trying to grow the LP by broadening the tent and going to thin libertarianism, why even change those planks? Were those planks keeping people away? Because when you look at like abortion and saying that we are no longer a pro-choice party, we are now just open on the issue. Um, you know, Jacob, we had this discussion, you know, about various polling that shows 
after that Supreme Court doc was leaked that, you know, it's more 65-35 pro-choice and we can debate on when in the 40 weeks, 20 weeks, 10 weeks, last night, whatever time frame. But isn't that the point of this party? And, and removing the plank of bigotry, which was the stated goal of the MC prior to the convention, stated goal because it was too difficult to get people to agree on changing it. And only after a vice presidential candidate came up and said, let's change it then a little bit. I would prefer it stay that way, but let's change it. Why didn't you do that with both of those? Because I know what you said was originally, we'll never get the votes. Yet you did. So why not have these discussions as opposed to just Sure. No, that's, those are fair questions. Um, I'll take them one at a time in order, and then Sam uh, can chime in if he wants. Um, so, so on the say. on the abortion plank, I, I think this is actually the easiest defend, to defend. Um, one, because it's such a sensitive issue, and people get so emotional about it. And I think, on, on one hand, I think even people who are radically pro-choice would probably not necessarily uh, like that they might view that plank as being too lukewarm. Uh, certainly pro-lifers were not a fan of that plank. Um, and I don't think that plank, you know, is even a uh, adequate, was an adequate, fair description of what the libertarian position on abortion is, because guess what? Like, there is no consensus on what the libertarian position on abortion is. Like, we're, you know, like if we're, we could get into the weeds debating over statistics and studies and how to, you know, best base, uh, you know, the, the the pulse of the country in terms of the percentages as far as where they are at in terms of their opinion. But within the libertarian movement and party, there is absolutely no consensus as far as I can, uh, you know, as far as I can tell, as far as, you know, w what should our views be on abortion? Because for one, you have the divide between anarchists and minarchists, right? Well, if you're a minarchist who is pro-life, well, your position is going to be like, well, if the government only has a few legitimate functions and one of them is to protect our rights and to, like, you know, stop murder and abortion is murder, that kind of puts a pro-life minarchist in a tough position. Um, no, I'm more of a pro-life anarchist, so I have a different perspective on that. Um, you know, so... Uh, until the, the libertarian movement kind of like, you know, settles that issue, I think, uh, you know, the, the LP is better off not having that plank in there because then this allows, you know, individuals uh, and individual state affiliates and individual candidates to then talk on the issue as they as they see fit. And everyone okay. can come in and say, and say wait, wait, wait. No, cleansing breath, cleansing breath, cleansing breath. Move on to the next plank. I have a response to this, so I'm going to let you finish because I'm fucking Kanye. No, we can do it one plank at a time if that's better. Well, yeah, absolutely, I want you to absolutely. finish this one yeah, I agree. because and I'm. Since, whoa, I, sh I should go first since I'm, I'm short-winded too. This is some bullshit. Go ahead. Um, yeah, finish. Well, I don't. I don't know if I had much more to say, so. I yeah, had so, I had a lot of uh, uh, I have a lot of questions about the bigotry thing. So let's keep it to well, the abortion. I'll just do the abortion part. Okay, perfect. Okay, so and yeah. that way Lou and Sam, you guys can get in here. Go ahead. So yeah, we could have tried to get the two thirds and discussed it and everything like that, but literally the other side was running out the clock, so we wouldn't have time. We prolonged the entire convention by like 
two hours, they were literally taking down sound equipment around us, and we were using loudspeakers. I do so, wonder how much that cost the party, by the way. I, it, yeah, the, but yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but yeah, we took out the plank because um, it was easier than leaving it in. And it is kind of, I know some people say it's not technically uh, a pro-choice plank, but most of the people who read it, and for the longest time, it reads very much pro-choice. And so we took that out because we wanted a minarchist, minarchist to be able to participate in our group. And if you say what the government, um, the way it was worded, it like, the it government is removed from the issue. Yeah, it, exactly. So we wanted Which to be even... able to welcome minarchists. And you, you know, you say, well, if you look at um, the population, so in, this many people um, are pro-choice, this many people are pro-life. Okay, but we're talking about libertarians. We're talking about liberty-minded people, and we wanted to reach a bigger tent of those people. Those are the people we're trying to reach. Um, for the longest time, the Libertarian Party is trying to reach actual libertarians, people who value liberty and we've been doing a bang up job of it until uh just very very recently okay um, as I the think... only uterus having person in the room <laughs> christ almighty I, we sorry. win by default i i deny your lived experience <laughs> <laughs> all right luke go ahead Woke oh my luke. god okay so please explain to me actually don't because i already know verbatim what the plank said you know and I, I'll keep it pretty short here for time's sake, but it ultimately was that we understand as a party that there are good faith arguments on all sides, but we I do mean, not believe good. that this personal medical issue should be something the government gets involved in. Right, that's Period. the first place You can't position. say it's so good faith argument. What exactly about that is... When people are like, screaming murder. Not pro-life. We are suggesting, we are but, suggesting that you can be pro-life for yourself or, or want that for your family, your daughter, your friends, what have you. But here's here's where that plank came in and protected our candidates. It allowed them to have conversations with their communities and those who would be voting for them specifically to be able to say what they truly wanted, you know, to represent while not being in conflict with the national party, right? And we all know this is this is as plain as it gets, the statistics are there. Banning abortion doesn't help anybody. It only causes harm to women okay period the end and by at least indicating keeping the government out of abortion regardless of your person be pro-life i respect that you know i am someone who i will die if i get pregnant again like i almost died the last time the stroke almost killed me okay it can't happen. So if God forbid, even if all of the measures that I've taken not to, something happens, the only way to save my life is to have a fucking abortion. And to take that plank out takes away anything from the party that backs my ability to say 
I am pro-choice, as in I have the choice to make a very personal medical decision for myself, and I respect your choice to not get abortions and to even promote ideas on why you think abortions may not be great. And abortions are hard and terrible, painful things for those who have to have them, okay? They really, really are. And that plank gave people like me something... And honestly, it was kind of life-saving, especially now when you look at what's coming from the Supreme Court. And you don't yeah. understand that. There was nothing in that plank that was specific pro-choice or pro-life. And the reality is pro-choice includes and encompasses pro-life. And the Mises Caucus especially loves to push back on wokeism and the buzzwords, right? But what they have made pro-choice to mean is pro-abortion. And that is not what pro-choice is, okay? Pro-choice is you have the choice for yourself to get an abortion or not. And we as libertarians will defend your right from the government impeding on that. Instead, we have old white dudes in marble buildings deciding, that my life is not worth living if I accidentally get pregnant with my husband with whom I am monogamous and trying very hard and doing everything I possibly can not to get pregnant. So I two things on absolutely bullshit. So, so two things on that one, uh, you can say, oh, well, pro-choice encompasses all these different things. And some people are some people are misconstruing what pro-choice means. Let's say you're even right on those the, those issues okay. that didn't really rebut any of the, the points that I think Sam and I brought to the table, which was that like that's your perspective. And let's even say again, it's the right. Let's say for, for argument's sake, it's the right perspective. Not everyone agrees with you. It's a very divisive issue. And I don't think that having that plank in there made it easier for pro-life and pro-choice people to exist in this party and work together on the how things that they do agree harder? in. Explain well, to me how it made it harder, especially because, for candidates. Because, it, first of all, this, this goes into if you're a minarchist or an anarchist, depends how you define government. And it depends on the implications of the statement of removing government out of it. Um, for example, Isn't that what I an anarchist a, wants? <laughs> But again, yeah, but Ryan, we also want Ryan, minarchists again, in the party. Yes, the Libertarian Party is not the anarchist party. It's a coalition of libertarians uh, who are minarchist and anarchist. But, okay. But, but, so, yeah. Now, now listen. Minarchists want as little government as possible. Anarchists don't want government. So I do. But again, this gets into how you define out. government. Because I wouldn't even say. Side, why I, would I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even so say the that. Candidates on a local level can say. Locally, we are a conservative group of people. And they can still do that. County, they can do that right. They can do that even more freely right now because now right. people won't go to the plank With and go. Oh, sounds like Baghdad Bob. What the hell? You're not, that. <laughs> You're not supporting the ability for two yeah. LP candidates, one in San Francisco and one in Norman, Oklahoma. To the, the, have no, the, the current status quo is it, it, it 100% more than the previous plank enables people no. to take different positions because what? now there's no uniform position that you know, people are going to be held held up to as saying, oh, well, your platform says this. a uniform position. Ooh. We just wanted the government out of our uteruses. Oh, you, hey, you know hey, how many people how came define... up to me and told me that they would not support the Libertarian Party because they were pro-choice? How many? 
How many? At least five. We've got more than that in the comments. <laughs> I'm just we got saying, more I'm than that in the comments who disagree with my, you. My, my only, hundreds who have my only the point that plank is that it reads pro-choice. Hundreds? Yeah, really? Hundreds. Yes. I want to see some numbers. I want to see some numbers because if you have hundreds, this should be easily reproducible. Go out onto the Mises Caucus Facebook page. Do you support removing this plank and do you think it's a good thing? I would like to see those hundreds. I would then counter it with another group who will ask the exact same question. Let's compare numbers after I they're would done. Love to. Any day of the I week. have a question. Any, yeah. Uh, would everyone be open to putting in a plank that well. was better worded? <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's what you should have done. Yeah, that's, that's what, what we're we saying wanted to this. do. They, the whole around. time. No. Hang we, on. Hang we, on. We, we couldn't. And no, you could you they should have come. They made all these plans. Heist has a whole fucking memo about, yes. you know, what platform Move. planks they wanted to mess with. Why? I, I talked to Angela McArdle and I said, you know, we really need to change when the convention is. It's when we're trying to get ballot access. It's a terrible time. Why do we do yeah. it this time? And she said, yes, absolutely. We won't have time this convention to do it. But next, one. but that's yeah. next, next thing on the agenda. Like we were, what? we didn't try to do everything. We j did what we could. Hold on, hang on here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, hang on. Go real, ahead. Real quick. Brian. What is more important to the Libertarian Party overall? Number one, removing those planks, or number two, changing the schedule so that we can work on ballot access. Which one really is really... more important to the party? Am I, I going to have to defend ballot access? I'm going yes. okay, to Sam. I'm going to put you in the hot seat on this one. Please yes. explain to us what happened in Minnesota with their five statewide candidates and why they didn't get ballot access this year. Um, well, a lot of people quit the party. Um, I, wanna, I, 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 don't, I don't know what, what, what you're asking exactly. Like why wanna, it didn't I happen. Or read something to it was not a, like an intent. If you're asking if it was intentional, like we tried not to, I mean, we literally had one of the Mises caucus people stay home from Reno just to make sure we were getting ballot access. I mean, um, in past years we've hired people and we've kind of got new leadership and it was hard. I'll, People we I, elected, people we I think wanted to so, stick around, just quit. I, that was part I, of I, it too. I, I, I want to kind of give it back to the focus on this. I didn't kick them out. We ballot. literally elected them. We voted for no, them. Hang on. I want. I want to pivot back for a minute here. Okay. I'm going to channel my best Camille Vasquez here because, by God, when I grow up, I want to be her. Um. <laughs> I'm going to read this to you and tell me if I've got anything out of context here. National is going to affect more change and bring a larger movement through messaging than we will ever see with statewide candidates this year. A lot of you are very task oriented and that is great, but please, please, please don't forget the broader vision of what we are doing. None of us signed up to lose again. We signed up for a bigger movement and a fucking revolution. Also, don't forget the absolutely massive amount of effort it took to get delegates to nationals. If you promise to go to nationals as a delegate, please keep your word. Each one of you represents countless hours of effort. Don't ignore that. If we don't win in Reno, we are fucking doomed. And I would like specifically to repeat a larger message or a larger movement through messaging than we will ever than we ever will with statewide candidates this year. I mean, where that, am I wrong? I mean, we fight every year. Like this, this was our convention. A, a if we work hard, maybe, maybe your we have a long shot chance of getting five percent. Okay. Okay, that's as not gonna. 
board member. We're trying to win LPMN. elections. What were you saying? You, you're on the board for LPMN, correct? Yes. So do you not have an obligation then to ensure that your work is in their best interest? And can you name a year prior to this year that we have not managed to get statewide candidates on the ballot in Minnesota until you as a board member said, please, let's focus on Reno. Fuck our statewide candidates. Like, honest to God. I mean, you, yeah. Like, really, I would like you to reflect on that for a minute because that's a problem. Okay. I believe in ballot access. I think it's important, and I think we need to do all of that. I think having someone on the ballot in every state. Um, like, I didn't even know the marijuana party existed until I went to vote and saw they were on the ballot. I think it was super important, and I think we we dropped the ball a little bit. I dropped the ball, and I take full ownership of that. Um, but I do think Reno was way more important. Angela McArdle is going to do a lot for this party. I mean, I'm sorry. What's it going to cost? I don't what? think you are, but I hope to God that you are. Hang on. What's it going to cost to get ballot access back in Minnesota? What's it going to cost now? And is uh, nothing. We just have to, to run another candidate again. And actually, okay. the presidential candidates give us. We're just going to have to petition again. This is what we've been okay. doing for 50 years. We the... petition to get on the ballot. We get on the ballot. We lose. And then we start all over again. This is kind yeah, of the Mises strategy the of doing something a little bit bigger, a little bit more long term. Not being term. on the ballot is not even being in the game. I'd We're not in the game right now. We're I not don't... in the game right now, Lou. We almost won, we and then we did. We got 1% of the vote last election. We're not even like we're not even in the same room as the people playing the game right, right. now. Right, but we're not even trying. At least doesn't seem like we they are. They haven't been Minnesota. trying for fucking ten plus years. That's for that's for damn sure. Hey, 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 All right, hey, well, how... prove us wrong. I will sit here and, yeah. and wait to see it. And and by that, I mean I want to see candidates that are not. Trump light. I want to see yeah. our numbers grow. And yeah, I don't want Trump that, candidates. Fuck that. That, that, that. Hang on. Then why, if you want candidates to grow, then why do you want our numbers you, to grow? You want our numbers to grow. Okay. Okay. You want numbers to grow. Then how are you going to do that by pushing messaging, which is going to be viewed negatively by not wrong. only a good wrong. Really? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was doing a I have the question. numbers sorry. right here. I will send it to you. Why did we have a over 20% drop in libertarian membership over the past year and lose over a there's thousand for that. a there's, thousand there's during the convention? Why did we lose that? Tell there's, me. There's are, are they all woke? Is that is that what like the quote was? They were all woke assholes like me, Mr. Who's tagged as a right wing guy? Is that what it is? I'm the right wing woke asshole. The wokest righty I know. Jesus, I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. You guys are losing the sales debate when we talk about selling liberty and things like that. You are pissing off your customer base. Your hardcore libertarians Wait, been working how for long years. Have we we're going, we're going after. A, we're going after like, more. We're, right. we're going. You've, we're we're you've, leaving. We're leaving a small niche market that hasn't been growing, and we're saying, I, you know I, what? We need to target different customer by, bases by taking away, by going in and making national news for saying we no longer think bigotry is bad. By making national, you know, at least in libertarian news for adjusting the abortion plank. You guys are sucking on messaging for these people. Hardcore. Mises caucus posted bigots' rights are human rights. 
Yes. Hello. So, so let me let me ask this because I think that this is a fair question to to because this is this is the tide has turned here. Lou, why did they win then? Why did oh Mises win? Yes. Well, okay, you can go back, and I don't have all the documents in front of me. There's a there are communications between Heiss and a number of people. Um, about their recruitment strategies around Trump. There are recruitment strategies for... Oh, is this the get the genes to register libertarian for a day to change the numbers I, and then unregister? I, I saw those, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a handful of things that were absolutely scammy. And there's also the fact that a lot of us who have worked really hard for years, some of us decades, are just fucking tired of trying to say hey world we're not bigots and we support your right to choose and we support your rights to freedom and all of these things and at some point like yes i've i understand the idea of like let's get in there and fight it right but there also comes a point where you have to just go you know what I'm not going to win this one and you can have it. And I don't want to be associated anymore, period. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Cause I'm uh, not going to pretend. Are we going to move on to the bigotry plank now? Cause. Uh, oh, oh God. Yes, okay. please do. Hey, yeah, yeah, let me just, let me just. Yeah. Brian, go ahead. Yeah. I will introduce one last, one last piece about this. Okay. okay. As coming in, removing that, doing all this stuff has reflected so negatively on the party as a whole. And and all I've heard is arguments and complaints with regards to it's going to be better, it's going to be better. Okay, <laughs> if it's going to be better, then I'm going to be amazed to see how you're going to do it when you've pissed off 20% of the libertarian membership that they've left the party. You've got two people, three people here who are tired of the shit, and uh, and if you if you think that's going to grow across the spectrum, across the spectrum here, I'm not quite sure how you're going to do that. But I wish you the best of luck. I, I mean, Sorry. I think that's the gamble, and I think they could be right. Yes. I mean, we've doubted them before, and they had the numbers, and so this yeah. kind of a oh, I oh, I if, I was going to say about the numbers. I can tell you this much: the one thing I do want to go on record here, please. Sure. The previous leadership has sucked. The yeah. Libertarian Party leadership right. has continuously oh, sucked. But we have great candidates and we have shitty leadership. And when I look at the numbers, I don't I don't even you know, I understand why we get shitty leadership because all the hell that people go through in this party, all the bullshit and all the Sarwark and Arvin and everything else, yeah, they attracts those people, okay? Because it's such a fucking junior high school mentality. And I'm just, I look at it and I just laugh. I go, this is how you don't run a board meeting. So, yeah. That's well, why, well, I, that's I why they won. Proof is in the pudding. Go ahead, Sam. You're very, you're very quiet. Go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's a great question. You know, why did we, how did we accomplish all this? How did we win? I mean, if we're just pissing people off and everyone's just quitting and we have terrible marketing ability, like how did we win? Um, I I think we have, we related to a lot of libertarians and we motivate a lot of libertarians. 
I mean, losing ballot access in one state to make matter. sure you're there. It doesn't Zeller. matter who. If you guys, if you guys were doing great and everything, and the Mises Caucus came in, we wouldn't have won. Or, I'm trying to think. Struggling no, I mean, to maintain, Sam, you're, you're struggling to maintain ballot yeah. access year after year and not growing the party or movement in any meaningful way. Sorry, that that was not good enough. And now listen. In this reorganization of the party, the have there been some missteps and have there been some short-term costs? Yes. Uh, but yeah, we're betting that we're going to make up for those short-term setbacks and losses in the long run because we think that we're actually going to grow the party in a meaningful way over the, the next year or two. And again, like I said before, now if we're wrong, we got to eat crow. We got to step up to the ball and right. do what we said we're going to do. Right. We're um, all on record on this podcast. We've all hedged yeah. our bets. Yeah. I mean, if this we're wrong, I would definitely leave the Libertarian Party. Like, right. And so this is well, the and, Mises Caucus. Well, and, and hopefully, and like, that's the thing is like my, my worry here on a lot of this stuff is the overcorrection because I see a lot of the people who literally joined the Mises Caucus to get rid of Nick Sarwark. Then they have Nick Sarwark on their show talking about how crappy the Mises. And I'm like, what happened to you? One of the things that I didn't quite have time to because my own opening statement ran long, but I've seen a lot of these people suddenly like weaken out on like gun laws, taxes, even wars. And it's like, what what's happened to you guys? Like just because the Mises caucus seems to represent like what they talk about Yemen. So all of a sudden we don't like it's just like the whatever you're not is what we are, whatever we you know, we are not is what you are kind of thing. And my thing, Sam, is like my hope is that someday this. Again, whether the Libertarian Party is an appropriate avenue for me or not is a different decision, but I don't think it's one that should be, oh, Sam leaves because his bets were wrong. My hope is that we take this conversation, we know what our bets are, and we learn why the other side was right or wrong. If the other side was wrong, I don't want you and Jacob to just like have to commit ritual suicide. I want you to both be no, like, oh, leave. okay. No, and now honestly, I understand, right? And, and, like, and here's what, like, what, what I mean when I I'm say I'm here for leave the is, sorry. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just that, Terrible. like, if the Libertarian Party isn't doing anything, like, I don't feel useful in it. And that if we're not right. somehow okay. successful, if there's no change, then. I guess if someone else has a great idea, I'd who are they, be down who are for they it. coming for? Who are they coming for? I think oh. they're coming for Sam. Uh, Sam, <laughs> you you pissed him off. The feds are on their way for that ballot access screw up. All right, the, yeah. police are, the police oh, are here to usher in what will probably be our final conversation. And look, I'm going to summarize everybody's question about bigotry in one big fat bigotry thing because honestly, that's been the overwhelming question by 90% of the things when I say, what do you want me to talk about? It's something to do with the bigotry. Jacob, I will have you open on this one because in specific, you made a joke. I believe I actually got the joke and I could explain the joke, but a lot of people do not like that you said if the LP oh National gosh. tweets the N-word, yeah. that no way Jose yep. will now join it. Now, I'm hoping that you joke. understand the optics of it. It's okay it. now because bigotry was moved. Well, right. like if, if I was tweeted, I wouldn't never yeah. tweet that from a state affiliate account or anything like that. I'm standing right, from my own Kaufman, personal right? account. I, right, yeah. I was going to say Kaufman. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, jokes are jokes. And if you don't have a, you know, dark sense of humor or reverent sense of humor or, or, or whatever, like, to each his own, whatever. Well, can you explain um, the joke? Because I think some people genuinely don't know it was a joke. Like, Oh, I mean, I, the, the right. joke was just that, you know... So Jose, a fellow podcaster, friend of mine, and, you know, he has a dark sense of humor, too. And 
they like to they, they don't actually say the n-word that 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 often but they'll joke around about the you know can you say the n-word or not and so just in as a joke to my friend because uh, he's actually an agorist and he kind of thinks that the lp is like just a dumb idea in general and so i was just like ah but if we can get the the lp national to, to tweet this out then he'll have to join it's just a joke with a friend um so and, know, and that that and is to what his it defense, is it's not really a joke it's, it's a statement of fact if the lp national were to say the n-word the person you were talking to actually said they would join i mean just well back- playing along with the joke i mean right. i don't think he would ever join the lp anyway he's a hardcore agorist um but um yeah as far as the uh uh the bigotry stuff so um i did not actually think so i wasn't at reno uh, my wife just had our fourth child so uh, that was way more important than, than going to Reno was to stay home and, you know, kind of support her postpartum because uh, she's had four kids in seven years and uh, that is rough. Um, so I, I literally am like her uh, bond servant right now trying to wait on her hand and feet. Give her um, a break, Jacob. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's giving me a break. Okay. Let's be set something straight here. Okay. <laughs> giving us fo- folks from Utah like a, a, a nervous sweat, man. <laughs> um. But I actually didn't think some people were talking about removing that. And I was like, there's not going to be enough time and enough support to do that. And um, I knew some people within the MC who were actually like, yeah, I don't know if we actually want to remove that. Um, I think the reason that it passed um, was mainly because the compromise was made on the floor that I think actually makes it better. Because the the problem is now, listen, I know Spike said he was kind of like he didn't want it to be removed, but his reason was well, the optics kind of look bad, but Spike shares the criticism we have of that language because he says, well, I wouldn't have wanted it put in the first place because it's kind of stupid, meaningless, and vague. Like, well, what is bigotry? And then if bigotry is bad, and even if it was well-defined, it's like, well, you know, we condemn it as irrational and repugnant. It's like, well, that doesn't really do anything. That doesn't really tell me anything about, like, the libertarian answer to whatever bigotry is. What we took, we took that line out and what we substituted it with, uh, which actually Angela McArdle and Spike Cohen were the ones who workshopped this, I think is brilliant, which is that uh, we as libertarians, we uphold the right of all individuals, regardless of race, sex, religion, or any other attributes that pertain to their, you know, individual uh, identity or expression. So um, I I didn't quote that verbatim. That's my memory of it. I think that's pretty close, um, which I think that is the actual libertarian position. And instead of this, you know, uh, and I'm, I know, I know Brian and Lou and even Hody to a certain extent, you disagree with me. We've had this talk. You might be surprised, um, sort of. Okay. Um, I think that the problem is, is that uh, bigotry has become this, this overused word in our culture and that, um, you know, people in the in the center and on the right. And I remember even being kind of annoyed by it when I was when I still was a Democrat, because I would just be like, well, what is this? Right. And and we condemn it. And, you know, this is something I actually talked to Hody about on, on my podcast before, which is like, well, you know, bigotry is irrational. Let's start there. Right. To, to some extent, and actually Hody's talked about this before too, like sometimes prejudices and bigotry, like they, they are, I wouldn't say ra- rational, but they're natural, right? Like some people sometimes will, uh, because of bad experiences that they've had with a particular group of people, will develop a prejudice. I'm but not saying not that's good, but that... Irrational. It's an experience. And reactions right. are often irrational, right? 
Right. Yeah. So I mean, by but, nature, but, we're not born bigoted. Does that get a little bit into the weeds there? I mean, and again, depends on what you mean by 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 bigotry. Um, I'm just kind of saying, you know, I think that humans having prejudices is natural. What element of that is a social cont contaminant, and what element of that is somewhat? Some, some maybe biological evolutionary forces at play. I mean, smarter people than me would have to weigh in on that. I tend to think it's always a mixture of nature and nurture. Um, but I, I certainly agree that a lot of it is learned. And, and, you know, that's what we have the most control over. And that's what we should, as libertarians, you know, strongly try to uh, do is to foster better environments that oh, uh, push back God, against I'm that kind of stuff. You, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so... I, I think that the solutions that were at play and likely to be to be made, um, I'm happy with where things ended up. Um, I know some people are concerned over the optics. Some people will run away with us and go, oh, look, they removed the line that says we condemn bigotry. That must mean they're super pro bigotry. And it's like, well, again, again that might happen for some people that do nothing more than read a headline from Reason Magazine, which pretty much only libertarians read anyway. Um, but I think for people that look down into it and read more and see, oh, it was replaced with this language and what's the libertarian platform and, you know, look at the diversity that exists within it. Again, if we're a bunch of bigots, it's weird how much diversity we have. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, in the short term, will it gain a little bit of bad PR? Like, like yeah, I guess. And the Internet lasts forever. But I personally think that uh, the degree to which people think that this is like like a, a giant catastrophe that's going to be like an albatross around our necks. Like, I, I really don't think it is. Um, I wanna, if it's OK, I want to jump in here really quickly and I want to yeah. agree with you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the re okay. I don't have a problem with. The, what was adopted as the rework. I don't have a problem with that. And in a way, I understand, you know, bigotry as being the sort of overarching term. I don't want to say that, you know, it's a there's no real definite. Like, we all know what bigotry is. It's hating a person or treating a person differently, badly, whatever, because of XYZ trait, right? And that could be race. It could be gender. It could be sex. It could be any kind of identity, anything, right? Abil disability, Religion. whatever, Okay. So, like, I don't disagree, and I, I don't have a problem with the rewording, but what I do have a problem with is that Michael Heiss wanted it gone, and much of the Mises Caucus wanted it gone. Their initial response was, that, hey, let's clarify this. That wasn't what they wanted. Yeah. You can't deny that. Oh, no, that I won't. And, and I didn't agree with that. I preferred to try to amend it from the start. And, uh, some people, some people were concerned, like they didn't think we were going to have that two thirds to actually amend it. And so the plan was actually to remove it this year and to just draft something new to implement in in the following convention. But the way it worked out is better. That's fine. But I've literally, like, of all of the things that Heiss and leadership has published around this topic, I've never heard that. You're yeah. the only person I've heard say that. Like, well, that Heiss, I, I know I've seen Heiss people. say this. He even said this on a. Uh, a couple podcasts in the past week. I don't, I don't know how much he said it in the. Why didn't he say it at the before Reno? Why did he say well, it? I, he did Reno. too. He did too. I'm just saying the most really? recent ones are. I've never yeah, saying that that the plank. It. Well, Only recent. Reno, 
saying that the plank over well, because this is one line within a very lengthy plank act. Oh yeah, no, and I that, know. And that honestly, yeah, we, that. we all thought that the plank was good minus that one line. And to be fair, I don't think that this would have come up if you know a lot of people in the Mises Caucus, uh, including me, get a little bit you know irritated with that word when it's been used as a a bludgeon against us. For the past two years, I mean, I've had people. I mean, kind of like I, I'm going to get a little bit personal here. Yeah, I've had like people. Woke. I get it. Yeah. Woke. Yeah, but there's a difference woke. between people saying oh, no, you're. How's there a difference? You don't get to say there's a difference when you're not the I, one. Yeah. Let me back it up. I'll back it up. <laughs> I think that there is a difference between someone saying, "Oh, you're woke," and someone saying, "You're a Nazi," and any. And I hope that the state it's comes Nazis and takes your children because anything raised by you will be subhuman. And then people calling CPS on uh, friends of mine within the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania who were defending me. And by the way, that person wasn't even a member of the Mises Caucus. Well, and, and they had I CPS called on that situation. Her. That's terrible. But my point is, I think, it, yeah. I think, I think that the worst that you can say about someone calling you woke is that like they're making fun of you. When people are calling oh, no. you a Nazi, you, do you know there's, there's a lot more negative connotations. People have the cops or DCS or whatever called on them because they let their six-year-old put on a dress because they were curious. Yeah. It happens far more. Well, fuck, I guess I'm woke that. because my seven, my six-year-old son has worn a dress before. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but this is the thing. Okay. This is the thing. When you weaponize this bullshit... When you sit there and say they're woke, they're a Nazi, they're this, they're that. I only call people Nazis when they're walking around with the brown shirts and the little armbands and doing the little, you know, goof well, stepping. Well, you, Brian, like that. but unfortunately there's a lot hey, of people who... Uh, wait a minute. Wait, are you judging by my last name here? You <laughs> yeah. got people calling the woke. Well, including is, me, which I is mean, the one I laugh at. I'm like, wait, I'm woke. Our children to be, you know, with this gay no, agenda. No, listen, no, listen I, I will I, agree with you. I do that... want all my kids to be gay because then my house would be beautifully <laughs> decorated. I will. No, I'm I'll, I'll grant you something, Lou. Okay, mm-hmm. woke is a bit of a boogeyman. I have my issues with. Oh my god! No, no. Let me clarify this. I do have my issues with a lot of the the woke point of view. Uh, I do have some issues with social progressivism that I think has gone too far. At the same time, I think that sometimes within our own circles, it tends to be something that people get a little bit too overreactionary towards. Um, And as you all know, I've been on the receiving end of that a couple times. Okay, so, (laughs) you know, again, this is not I I don't sit here and go. The Mises caucus is perfect and has always done everything exactly the right way. And there's nothing we can learn from the past. And there's no room for the culture and the leadership and the direction to grow. Um, And we're not a monolith. So, but, like, I, know, I actually kind of agree with I, Jacob in a lot of that, you know, of what he just said. I mean, the wokeism from the party. So, right. That's what's been constant messaging. We're getting rid of the wokeism in the party. The quote, those liberals, those coast people, all these other things, which I fall into none of those, yet I'm somehow associated with it because I thought, hey, the optics on this are really terrible. To be fair, the point is that we're appealing People wanted to remove that plank, too, because they've seen the uh, Libertarian Party uh, national and and affiliated people focus over the last two years on, like, issues that are specifically uh, catered to appeal to people in that crowd, like, and talk about, uh, 
you know, things that, like that. While there's been increasing wars, well. while there's been increasing totalitarianism here uh, in our homes, businesses destroyed, people's lives ruined so, because of because of uh, uh, lockdowns and, and business shutdowns and vax mandates and, and all of this stuff. So I think that the uh, the the sort of um, you know, none of this stuff exists in a, in a vacuum, I guess is what I want to say. There's a buildup to this. There's a natural evolution to this. And when people see, well, what does the Libertarian Party National focus on? And then we see what they're focusing on. And when they're challenged on it, they reflexively, I mean, you know, to, to the cows come home just over and over again, cite that one line of that one plank over and over again in the context of of, of three to four years of calling this this the 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 fastest growing and now largest faction within the movement a bunch of nazi so, bigot trump hey, supporters hey, hey, and that, that this all started when nicholas sarwark said well the mises institute isn't a fascist organization but it's the favorite think tank of nazis and fascists which is what really started a lot of the the the, the rallying yeah. cry to go like you know f this uh we're no longer you know now, now listen i'll end on this we a lot of what started the push for the takeover was that people said, you know what, enough. We're being demonized by the party that bears our namesake, and enough is enough. It's been a joke. It's been a failure. It shits on us, and we're going to take it back, and we're going to change that. What we have to avoid is we need to now be gracious that we have that power to not do the same thing to uh, the people who aren't part of our crowd. This is one point I got to make here. One point I got to make. That plank is older than all of you except for me. It's been since 1974. It's been on since that. It's been removed before, but it's been there, so you can't blame it on wokeism. Oh, it's been there because we've just why deserve the woke people. It's been there since 1974. It's been removed. It's been put back on. Sam, go ahead. Yeah, Sam, go ahead. So, I was largely indifferent about the whole thing. I, it's then. How did you vote? I voted to. Well, the other the other plank was way better. Everyone agrees on that. Um, so obviously I voted for the new plank. Um, but saying, you know, bigotry is irrational and repugnant is kind of like saying we think we should have good ideas, not bad ideas. It's it's, it's just kind of a nonsensical statement. Um, so I like that I, fact that we reworded it and made it a lot better. Uh, the other thing is well, that's is kind of, of like the progressive. So. That's kind of like the progressive. Sort of yeah. So it's kind of the progressive MO is just to say things that sound nice. And so I'm kind of glad we From got rid of that. <laughs> I mean, progressivism is kind of old, and yeah. So, so that that woke statement is only three years younger than me. Okay, got it. Good job. Yeah, I mean, progressivism didn't start yesterday. Like this is, I, I don't know. Someone tell me the history, but it's been around for at least a hundred years, right? So here's progressive here's era. Thing. We we got to start coming to a conclusion here. Yeah. And uh, obviously we're not. Two more hours. Two more hours. Two more Can I make a request? Can we take over this podcast? I'm hoping that our viewers will back me up here. But given that it's June and we're kind of on this topic, I would love for our next episode to be on pride and the history of pride. That'd be cool. I'm good. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you kind of put me on the spot. It's my show. Viewers don't. I know that's why I did it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I, I, you know what? I'm totally all about that. In fact, this actually kind of brings into me one of the points that Chase had. Um, I love you, Chase. Yeah, that Chase had because I think the it's funny because he was talking about like you know Stonewall and how like the of course the new you know, regime isn't going to talk about it as much as he'd like, but the old regime didn't really talk about it either. Like this is a group of voters that unfortunately has been isolated by everybody. Right. Like, unless you're like some kind of weird church of Satan person, you probably don't like LP national, like very much right recently. And so like, that's that's just the way it is. Now I I do want to say this, like a lot of this is going to come to fruition soon. Uh, a lot of this, I, I, in a, I am actually, and I know I've said this in the chat and say what you will about this. I'm glad it happened because I'm sick of, the, of supposing what will be. Let it be. Let us see what will be. And if you're right, great. You don't need to constantly remind us every day, but it's okay. Like then you will see that you were right. Now, obviously I understand why you fought it. I'm not saying that you should have just given up and whatever. Like, if you have these convictions and you feel that we are on the, I think, uh, what's it, like Vosh said, like, we're on the verge of a genocide here in America. And, like, if you think that, like, this this is going to be a liability for liberty going forward, totally understand. Totally understand all that stuff. But you should at least, if you're going to take any silver lining from this, you're going to find out. Right. Like so. And and this is actually for me, the bigotry one is a great one to end on because I listened, by the way, good friend of mine, Dan Smoltz. Uh, he's a big LPMC d- dude, too. He does all spikes uh, like he does a lot of like the commercials and stuff that you see. Have you ever heard Adam to... Nutter's joke about Dan Smoltz? Uh, what about that? I always forget how to pronounce his last name. But he said like Dan, Dan Smoltz is uh, what? Uh, Tim Burton would draw if he was trying to draw a libertarian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Um, yeah, you know, he runs a, it, it's called The System is Down on YouTube. If you want to check him out, that's cool. But like, so he had a lot of the uh, LPMC folks after this and they were talking about this plank in particular. And they said before, all you could do was condemn it and just say it was bad. So if somebody hangs a whites only sign outside their door, that before all we could day is do is say, I condemn that. That's irrational and repugnant. It's bad. And their problem was we already know it's bad. We want to be able to do something about it. Now, I am very curious as to what the LPMC is going to do about it, because that may even go further left than what I am prepared to do, which is condemn it and hope that a culture takes care of it. But I wouldn't stop it at all. Right. Like I would say, you know what, I'm not going to use physical force, but I find what you're doing sickening and raising raise a culture that my kids don't shop there. My friends don't shop there until you have, you know, kind of kind of stopped, let go of your bad attitude. And of course, like I said, do it with love. I'm not trying to cast them out, but I am saying, hey, I'm not going to visit your petty shop while you're discriminating against my friends. You know that for me, that's what it is. On the podcast, of which had, I mean, we're talking all the heavy hitters. I believe one of them couldn't make it. But, I mean, we're talking Heiss, both Smiths, you know, uh, you know, Spike Cohen. And obviously they said they got sick of it just being something that they just said verbally. We condemn it. They want to be able to do something about it. Put up or shut up time. Do something about it. And we're going to be able to find that out real quickly because bigotry is a thing here in the United States. 
you can argue about how prominent it is, but now we're going to get the MC being able to step in and say, no, now that we see it, we're sick of just saying we condemn this as irrational and repugnant. We're going to do something about it. Well, okay, and I, I think that's a fantastic standard that you have set for yourselves, that the leadership has set for themselves with this new plank. And if that's what they mean by the new plank, hats off to you, right? If that's what you intend to do by this, like I said, it's probably a little more inner, in, uh, interventionist than what I would do. But if that's what you mean by it, then, hey, hit it. You know, like, go at it. Like, I am excited for what you all intend to do to live up to that. Of course, my suspicion is that perhaps we might go back to ignoring these things or downplaying them because I have seen some of the people on the podcast. That is usually how they handle it. But if they said, if they're saying, no, this is a new standard we're setting for themselves, I've had to set standards for myself that I fall short of before. I'm glad I encourage them to do so. And I hope that they do it. Now, you also, and I think that this is probably the, I know I said that was the good note to close on. The best note to close on here, the even better one, is this doesn't get fixed if we don't police ourselves. Nobody is going to listen to Nick Sarwark say that the Libertarian Party, Mises Party sucks anymore. It, they just, they, they don't, right? Like no Mises caucus, caucus member is going to listen to you. I do that all the time. Mises caucus. Mises cock. Mises cock. The meat cocks. Nobody is going to listen to, no member of the Mises caucus is going to listen to Nick Sarwark and say, oh, okay, you were right all along. All right, you're right. It was good. And nobody in my camp is going to hear the Mises Caucus and just be like, you know, you wokest a-holes and be like, you're right. I was a wokest a-hole the whole time. What you can do is when you see somebody, one of your friends, calling one of your other friends a Nazi, and that friend is not a Nazi, or they call one of your other friends a bigot, but they're not a bigot, then you can stand up for them. Because that's the only way that this gets changed. Okay, no, everybody's pointing fingers at the other side. That's never going to be unity because that's always going to be divisive. I don't want to hear from that guy who who already hates me going into the conversation that I did something wrong. What I want to hear is the person who loves me, who's looking out for me, who cares about me say, hey, man, you need to stop that. You need to leave that alone. You need to stop picking on them. So that's a challenge that I have from everybody going out on this podcast is yep. that I want everybody to say, you know what? If I see that happening, I'm not going to look the other way. I'm not going to say, that's okay. You know, oh, they call them a bigot, but I get what they mean. They call them a Nazi, but I get what they mean. I can't, you know what? These are very serious things. I can understand why people get offended by calling somebody a bigot. It's one of the worst things you can be. I can understand why you get offended by getting called a Nazi because it's one of the worst things that you can be. And so we need to reserve those moments for times when they make sense i'm not saying you never use the word but i'm saying you say hey back off dude right if you can't stand up to your friends your friends aren't going to stand up for you right or these other people that you're pretending to cross the aisle for be nice to aren't going to stand up with you okay so what i'm saying is that you guys if you want a real change and you want the next time to be any different because if the MC, like look i'm predicting the mc to fail you've got other people predicting <laughs> the mc to succeed whatever. At some point, we're going to come to this juncture again. And instead of them or us, we need to be able to say it's them and us. And here's what we're going to do together to actually achieve liberty. 
And if we just keep the finger pointing, if we keep the condemnation going, if we keep the hate going, if we keep saying here and here and here, and these are the people that we need to cast out, and this is the behavior that we need to condemn. And here's that wording that I hate. If you are defined by what you hate, you will never have a definition. You will not fit in any box because you're just going to go all over the map, just being anti whatever your enemies are and allow your enemy to define and control you that way. Some of the people who are anti-Mises Caucus, I swear were the best recruiters for the Mises Caucus. You could not have done better. Nick Sarwark or Jackie Perry, you could not have done better than, to, than driving people. You did not do better than Dave Smith as far as driving people towards the LPMC. Mm-hmm. You did not. Okay, And you need to realize that right now. If you're friends with these folks, I'm not saying you have to disown them. I'm not saying you have to chastise them. And I'm definitely, in fact, I won't even ask. Do not treat them badly. However, encourage them to change and dr- encourage yourself to change, right? So like, this is really important. What we saw when bigotry got applied to people that it didn't fit, they went overboard, according to some, and just took it out, right? We're not gonna, fine, we're not using it anymore. Do you think it's gonna be any different if we decide to add a plank that say, we find Nazism a national in a republic, bigotry, wokeism irrational, whatever you add, it's just going to be the same thing. We're going to keep getting the same results. All right, guys. I want to go around the circle and everybody give some closing thoughts. LPMC takeover. Uh, let's try to keep it focused on the future. What's your future going to be? What do you hope for? What are you wanting to see? What are you looking forward to? Give me, give me the bright stuff. Brian, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, my my soul is a dark morass of, of hell. So, no, I don't know if there's he anything. He needs apples. I need, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fling a couple. Now, um... I, really, honestly, um, what the, the, the one good I can see coming out of this is those people that are pissed off and worried that things are going to go sideways, step up and support the candidates. I can think of Larry Sharp. I can think of Spike. I can think of all these other candidates that are going to need your help. And we got to step up and do that as, as, you know, as, as a team. Um, I think that if we aren't doing that and we become a party that's far more worried about appealing to certain voters and things like that to try to expand that base. Um, we've completely failed. Cool. Thank you, Brian. Sam, let's have your closing thoughts. Uh, I was just listening today to Joe Rogan uh, interviewing Lex Friedman, and they talked about Dave Smith and the, you know, uh, his presidential run and, you know, I you know I'm in the Mises Caucus, everything, and I didn't even know he mentioned that. Um, it's gotten to the point where it's pretty common for you know um, Tim Pool, Dave Smith, or some of these to like bring up either Dave Smith, and now they're, they're they were talking about Yemen and stuff like that. And I just think, you know, for the first time, like we have the the biggest mic in the world, and we can do something with it. And I just I hope we can capitalize on that i hope uh the ideas of liberty are are marketable and i hope <laughs> there's skateboarders behind me but i just hope to god that you know we can do that and then we can help people and that we can you know change the world i mean that's why i'm in this um you know we get down into all these different petty things and it's just like I'm just here because I'm tired of watching people suffer. I'm tired of 
you know, knowing that I live in a country that's just bombing the crap out of other countries and that people are, you know, suffering like in, you know, like medical pain and they can't take, uh, uh, the stuff they need to numb it. And, um, just, just all these terrible things that I think could be eliminated and we could live in a much better, freer world if we adopted libertarianism. Um, it's just this very basic, um, philosophy that makes sense economically and socially and, um, every possible way. And so I don't know, I'm really excited to see if it's uh if we can, what we can do now that we have the biggest mics in the world. Um, I'll just throw in one other thing. I'm not technically on the board in Minnesota. I'm the affiliate chair for the city in Albert Lee. Um, so I, I do get a vote, but I'm not like, I wasn't elected, um, by the entire body or anything like that. Fair enough. Just throwing that out there. I appreciate the clarification. All right. Uh, Lou, your closing thoughts. I'm tired. Um, my opinion on the overall Mises crowd hasn't changed. Um, and again, a lot of that is personal direct experience with the Mises caucus when I worked with them and, and supported them and their candidates and, um, you know, and then it was, well, that's okay. You know, I'm just going to work for the party. I'm going to work for this or that. And, um, I've always been a proponent of like, stay and fight, stay and fight. But I'm also a proponent of self-preservation and I'm tired and there's nothing wrong or nothing to be ashamed of for saying, you know what, I'm going to put my hands up. You can have it. And as much as I would like to be as charitable as Hody and like the, I hope you succeed. Like in what though? <laughs> That's my concern. Um, I, I don't even think that, you know, the Mises crowd caucus Institute pack group supporters, whatever you want to call it. Um, their goal isn't even the same as mine for the most part. Um, so they're not, I mean, I guess if they fail miserably in their eyes, it might be some kind of success, but and I don't, I don't wish failure on anybody, but, um, this is not, this isn't the team that, uh, I want to play for anymore and that's okay. Fair enough. Uh, Lou, just before I turn it over to Jacob, are, are you still working uh, for Larry Sharp doing that thing? I have um, contributed with graphics, but that is okay. the vast limitation of what I will do. And that is mostly simply because like on a personal level, I love Larry. That's family um, to me. And I don't care what anybody says. That's my other dad. <laughs> um, sure. But I also built the original Larry Sharp branding years ago. So, you know, any updates made to that, like that offer comes to me first. Right. I just asked because I know he's on the MC like advisory board. I was just. Yeah, wondering. we had discussions about that. He knows I'm okay. not. <laughs> okay. But I, okay. Also, I also know why he's there and, and what his goals are. Um, and he knows what my concerns are. Larry's you know, a great we're, guy. We're very blunt with each other. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, Jacob, your closing thoughts. So I condemn bigotry as irrational and repugnant. Like, and, and I mean that. It is. But. I think maybe some of the 
people are concerned that like we're gonna invite a bunch of bigots into the party sometimes i hear that a lot i saw some of the comments about that um you know there there are actually a lot of bigots in society still and that kind of exists on a spectrum right like there i mean it's not like there's a you know 100 percent you know this person's a bigot and then a zero percent and that 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 encapsulates the entire population right like no it's kind of a you know varying degrees and although i condemn bigotry i don't find it useful to condemn people who hold bigoted views or who are bigots um you know and in a lot of ways you know bigotry is antithetical to libertarianism but but what do we do about that do we just sit there and shout at them uh and this and, and this appeals to just broadly um what i think the macy's caucus and what i think the libertarian party needs to do um we have to stop like wagging our finger at people we have to stop just kind of like um you know we're the best and you guys suck and you know just 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 do better just you know we, we have to come up with you know solutions for the problems that everyday americans are facing and we need to connect to them with messaging that is honest that's principled and that you know that, that gets people to listen to us and that means like if we're trying to grow the movement, like we're, we're a small, you know, we're a small movement. We're a minority. We have to find ways to appeal to a lot of people who aren't libertarians, which means like there, there's that battle between, you know, trying to find a way to tailor your message to appeal to people, but not losing your principles. Um, and I, I think that that's what we're trying to do is we're not trying to bring people in here and say, you know, put a rubber stamp of approval on them to say, like, you're just good the way you are. But you got to, you know, you, you got to work on people slowly. And I think the best thing about what we're trying to do is is actually our culture is trying to create a culture around these ideas, around ending the Fed, around uh, ending the wars, around, you know, ending the, the genocide in Yemen, around saying, you know what, you know, no more people going to prison for just having, you know, a, a plant in their pocket. You know what I mean? Criminal justice reform for for all the people who are serving, you know, you know, you know, 10 or 20 years for a crime they didn't commit, but they couldn't afford to get competent legal defense to keep them out of it for the systemic problems in, in, in our country. Um, you know, there, a lot of these things and a lot of the economic stuff we focus on, um, these are issues that people care about, but they're going to come in and they're not going to have. You know, they're not going to be perfect libertarians yet. And really, none of us are perfect libertarians. We're all still growing. We're all still learning, um, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and and so th that is what, you know, I, that's what I see uh, as somebody who's in the MC. And it's not perfect because nothing is. And we have to continue to grow ourselves as we continue to try to uh, bring people in and help them grow and and go on this journey together. And um, I'm grateful for people who are in the MC who are friends of mine, but I'm grateful for people who are not in the MC as well. And if you want to work with me or work with us, um, we're a hundred percent willing to work with you. A hundred percent. This is, I mean, someone in the comments was saying that my message was we took over. So now F off. Like, no, I'm saying we, we like we're in charge now. I'm just stating a fact. I'm not like trying to gloat, but like, you know, whether we succeed or not is on us. If, if this isn't the team for you anymore, that's fine. I'm not going to force you to stay. But if you want to stay and work with us, even if you have reservations, I encourage you, let's, let's expand our communications. Let's continue reaching across the aisle. Let's continue good faith conversations like the ones that we had here. And 
and and let's you know we're not going to solve every problem and we're not going to come to 100% agreement but if we can try to do our best to lay aside some of the 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 uh you know um uh, side disagreements that we have to focus on the things that we do share in common and to work together towards growing the movement and getting libertarians into office. That's what I want to see this party do. And, and that's why, uh, you know, I continue to, to work to do that. Thanks, man. Thanks everybody so much. Um, especially my hosts. I'll start with them. Lou, Brian, Sam, Jacob, you guys are awesome. This is obviously two and a half hours out of your evening. And uh, I know that that is not for nothing because we're all family folk. Um, and so I really do appreciate you being willing to give the time. Um, with Lou and Brian back, we are in some serious business, y'all. So I hope we can get some more of these. We had a lot happen while we we're gone. I mean, everything from, I mean, goodness, Lou, you may hate yourself because I was thinking we got to talk Roe v. Wade, but I guess we got to talk Pride next week. You I know? mean, look, <laughs> we could do either, honest. And if we're down to like a single hour. No, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> if we're talking a single hour, obviously we got more stuff to talk about it. So I just wanted to say we're back. If you're an audience member and has been, hey, uh, I got a lot of encouragement. I know while we were off the air for a little bit there to, to come on back. Thank you so much. I know this is something that people want. Um, thanks for my hosts, obviously, because it's not possible for me to have a, a podcast that talks about different perspectives unless I have the different perspectives here with me. So thank you so much for being those different perspectives. Everybody's listening. Thank you so much. If you tuned in this long with an open mind and heart, I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. My kind of people, honestly, the audience that listens to this show is the, is my kind of people. Um, I very infrequently find myself needing to boot people as much as I do even on my personal accounts because the people who want to hear the opposing viewpoints, you know, they just tend to mesh with me, you know, and uh, I'm just really grateful for it. So I'm not going to linger any longer because I just wanted to say we're back. I'm excited. Thank you for tuning in. Everybody take care of yourselves. Love yourselves. Love each other. Love your friends. And we will talk to you next week. Be gay, do crime. <laughs>